Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And if you're a first-timer, welcome aboard. Let me welcome back Stephen Sikach, who owns LakersGround.net, which is the number one Lakers fan forum, kind of the clutch fans for Laker fans. And Stephen, uh, his allegiance is Lakers, but hey, uh, despite that, we've been friends for almost 30 years, which coincidentally is is about the same time Russell Westbrook and James Harden were born, Stephen. And how about this? Harden was born in Los Angeles and Westbrook in Long Beach. So both of those guys, not far from you, about the same time you, you and I met. Yeah, and they're teaming up back again. Um, I think it's going to be kind of interesting. I, I don't know what to expect. Um, what, do you have any feelings on, on on what you expect out of that? Well, I tell you, that I think that the general thought from Rockets fan was their immediate thought was, oh, no, because I, I think everybody's been sort of uh, predisposed to not liking Russell Westbrook a ton and, you know, how these two guys are going to work together, just like everybody around the NBA was wondering how, how did two you know, basically ball, you know, ball hawking, you know, ball handling yeah, guys, ball dominant. ball dominant guys. Yeah. Just how do they work together? Um, I think the one thing that we do think, Stephen, is that you're going to have Russell Westbrook more likely uh, for many more games than you would have Chris Paul. So that's going to help during the regular season, but the postseason. that's the concern, you know, that you, with Chris Paul, you know, he could work off of, Chris Paul, he could work off of James Harden, I should say, a little bit better. And then, um, yeah, then, yeah. and so I, I just, I don't know, like, what do you think, uh, about the, the combination? And, and do you guys, do you think they can be any better than Chris Paul? I think some people think maybe the ceiling of those two can be better than the ceiling of, say, a Chris Paul and James Harden together. Yeah. I mean, certainly Chris Paul off ball, much better than, you know, Russ off ball, I think. Um, as far as a fit next to Harden. But, you know, you're going to have, what, 12 minutes a game maybe where, you know, Russ is sitting and Harden's got the ball and running the show and then uh, another 12 where it's the opposite. So you're going to have a good chunk where they're going to be able to be the man and probably keep them both happy. You know, the, the question is, can that kind of play where they're ball dominant, you know, Harden, Russ and D'Antoni, they really haven't gotten over yet in the playoffs. So trying to get them to to fit together into something, you know, bigger than the than the parts, you know, that, yeah, that's a big question. And then on the other side of the floor on defense, how well is that all going to look? I don't know. There's a lot of questions. You know, they at least have some familiarity with playing with each other, so that's good, and that's probably going to be, you know, really helpful with. Uh, all the changes going on in the leagues and all the duos, you know, coming together, um, having that familiarity might might help the team, you know, get off to a better start. And then, like you said, come, you know, regular season, having him healthy. You know, if you look at the Western Conference, there's only nine games separating first through eighth. So it's probably going to come down to, you know, who's healthy, who's got that continuity in their roster, you know, that familiarity with playing with each other, just to, you know, the difference of winning three or four or five more games, um, that could be a huge difference. So any little advantage there um, will probably show, I would think. Yeah, you'd think there would be a traffic jam at the top. You know, you mentioned defensively, and I guess the one advantage that Russell Westbrook would give you defensively over Chris Paul is, of course, rebounding. The Rockets are were really bad at times in that Golden State series because Chris Paul would get switched off on somebody underneath and it wouldn't be the mismatch yeah. underneath that would cause you a problem 
you know, necessarily with the shot, it would be the rebound and Chris Paul would get, you know, stuck and there's not much that he could do. I mean, he was a midget next to a Draymond Green or somebody like that. So I think from that perspective, he, he's, he would be better defensively if he were engaged, you know, man, man on man. He's great defensively when he is engaged because, you know, Russell Westbrook loves a challenge. The problem is just like James Harden, they're, they're both kind of not the greatest off ball defenders. And so they're, you know, sneaking looks and they're kind of, they get kind of lazy and, and things like that. I mean, w- when you look at the West right now, Stephen, to me, that's, that I'm curious to hear what you say. How do you see the, the Western conference shaking out? I mean, who do you think, um, assuming that there's not any more major moves and I guess Chris Paul, we can say is still a big piece out there for somebody, but if you're looking at the Western conference, you know, do you think the Rockets are number one, 538 had them as the, as the number one seed coming out of the West with, with, I think, 58 wins or something like that. Yeah, I, I felt like for the Rockets, you know, what would be the best thing for them to happen this offseason? And, and that would be for something to happen with the Warriors. So, you know, um, obviously a lot happened in the finals with the injuries, but ultimately, you know, Durant leaving, um, that was huge for the Rockets. And if they just, you know, kind of stayed stayed with the, the roster they had I definitely thought they'd be right there at the top contending now you know you're mixing things up a little bit with with Russ in there but you know like I said I think it's going to come down to who's going to be healthiest and who's going to have that that um, kind of that early season chemistry so you might see teams like you know the Nuggets come out strong just because they didn't have a lot of roster turnover um, the Clippers may come out a little bit slow just because you've got yeah, some new roster, but you also got injury or, or surgery, I guess, to um, Paul George. So maybe they're dropping a few games early, but, um, you know, obviously they were a, a decent playoff team without either of those guys last year. Um, and so they should be, you know, once they get humming, um, they're going to be a tough, tough team to beat. And then, of course, um, Lakers, I think you've got really good chemistry with, you know, LeBron and AD in the making and a bunch of shooting around them and some depth. And then we've got some X factors there with, you know, DeMarcus, what's he going to be like? Um, what's Kuzma going to be like in his third year, you know, coming off of averaging uh, 18.7 points a game? You know, is he going to be someone who's going to step into that third role for the Lakers? Um, that's going to be a huge question. But, you know, and then the Jazz made some changes too. So it's, you know, I just got to think it's going to come down to health again and, who's going to be able to find that chemistry early as far as regular season. Yeah. If you look at it, a lot of these top teams that they've totally remade themselves and the Rockets, you know, they, they add a huge piece, but a lot of the rest of the pieces are staying similar. Whereas the Clippers are adding both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard into the mix. The Lakers, basically it's just like three or four guys coming back. Um, and then you've got a whole new cast of characters, uh, Portland, their big guys got to get healthy. And I don't know how long that's going to take, if that's going to, if he's going to miss half the season or three fourths of the season, season golden state, Clay Thompson might not be ready the second half of the year. So really I, I think the belief in the Rockets, Steven, correct me if I'm wrong, is just that they could get up, get off the starting block faster than a lot of these other teams, because, you know, outside of Russell Westbrook, they're bringing pretty much everybody else back. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, you think about it, that, so few games separating teams. So any of these wins you can scratch out, you know, whether it's because you're healthy or you got that early chemistry or, you know, you've got some guys that can close um, and eke out a win here and there. Um, and you kind of got your act together. 
early on, that could just be huge as the season goes on. And then, you know, it'll be a different story though once the playoff hits, but, um, I definitely think, you know, the Rockets, the Nuggets, um, some of those teams with that continuity, it's going to help them a lot. Yeah, I want to get your thoughts on Kawhi's decision from just the Lakers' perspective and, and, and just what you thought. I definitely have some thoughts on, on the construct of, of what's happened since then. But just Kawhi, when that happened, what did you think? Did you Were you upset? Were you angry at him? Like what, 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 I mean, Lakers fans and then you, you specifically. It's probably going to be shocking no matter what he did. Um, but, you know, you're kind of thinking we were talking about this just, um, well, I was at the Summer League like an hour before. We were talking about, well, how can the Clippers pull it off? What's their, what's their options? You know, a lot of the free agents had already been signed, so they couldn't get a second superstar. Um, and then you're thinking, well, who could they pull to possibly entice um, him there? And, you know, lo and behold, there's the Thunder again handing over another superstar. And... Uh, then Kawhi was all in at that point. But yeah, had that not happened, I had I think he's probably going to the Lakers anyway. I mean, if he if they weren't able to pull that second star into the Clippers. So that was that was kind of a yeah, a huge deal. Um I really was hoping the Lakers would definitely get that third star versus I mean, there's two paths you could go. Third star or go with depth um in the roster. And so they had to go depth by default, but yeah, I was more leaning toward, I think they would have been better off with that third superstar sort of approach. He said that, you know, he's never been really a Lakers fan, even though he's from, from the area. He, he wasn't somebody that you thought was just going to, Hey, I want to join a party. Although, you know, he brings Paul George in, but I mean, Steven, if you're a Lakers fan, he, he, do you, is, are you angry at him? Or do you feel like, is you feel like, do you feel like, he sort of uh, stabbed the Lakers a little bit in the back, or is it like what? What, what was the reaction there? Because I, I don't know if he's got any real loyalty to, to the Lakers, and and the talk has yeah. always been the Clippers. Yeah, and I mean, there's definitely you know um, a lot of hype for the Clippers beforehand, and then um, Lakers got a lot of steam going. So it, it wasn't like you know it was out of the realm of impossibility. People were annoyed quite a bit with the. You know, basically meeting with uh, Jeannie and Rob, you know, and then an hour later or whatever, quietly meeting with um, Paul George. So he had kind of the the double plan going, playing the Lakers a little bit in that regard. Um, so that annoyed them. I actually think people are more annoyed with Paul George um, from all this from last year. I mean, the fans were ticked off last year. They were booing him whenever he'd come to L.A. And then now that he's somehow involved in Kawhi going to the Clippers, I think it almost just makes him even – you know, more of this obscure villain to the Laker team in some manner. Yeah. How much does that guy hate LeBron James? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think like if you're talking Laker fans, I think they're going to hold a grudge more toward uh, Paul George and all this, just his role in the Lakers not being able to get that, that other uh, superstar in free agency. You just mentioned it. You were at the Summer League. You're in Vegas. Take me through that day because you had the earthquake and then you had this all, all in one day. Yeah, so that's a pretty crazy day. So uh, the Lakers are playing. Lakers had, you know, no Summer League roster this year, you know, no picks on the team. So it was just kind of, um, 
you know, a ho-hum game, but they usually bring in a big crowd in summer league for the Lakers. But the main event was coming on right after the Laker game, which was Zion was going to be playing. He had the building buzzing just in warm-ups with some, you know, spectacular dunks you might have seen on Twitter or something. And then, you know, the game sort of got going and it was a little slow to start. And then he like snatched a ball away from a guy and just hammered a dunk and then the place was just going crazy. And so he had a, a few big plays to start. And then then in the second half, well, in the first half, he, he tweaked a knee a little bit like uh, bang knees or something. So second half, we found out that he was um, not going to play. So the, you know, the buzz died down and I was kind of in the center court, upper a deck, you know, nice view of the game. And I'm debating to myself, do I want to stay and watch the rest of this um, or should I go? And while I'm debating that, then I'm looking around and I'm just feeling the thing sort of shake. I'm looking up at the rafters and you see the wires moving. I'm going, this is an earthquake. And the people around me weren't even noticing. And, and then I'm like, and then finally someone looked at me. I'm all, yeah, it's an earthquake. And they got up and just like bolted out. And then right then, as we're going down the stairs, they announced, you know, uh, remain calm, it's, uh, you know, over the PA system and all the players were stopping and everything. So it was kind of a another buzz going through the building, but for a different kind. And that was a it was a pretty long earthquake, kind of a rolling one. And I've been in a few because I'm in California. So, you know, really familiar with the, the different types. But after that, uh, I usually meet up with a group of uh, media friends and we have dinner out there and so we're talking about all the free agency stuff and then you know after our dinner go home and then as soon as i get home that's when the Kauai news breaks and you know everything is going nuts it would have been interesting to be out with all the media types i heard all the media at the restaurant we were at that was still there you know they're all picking up their phones and then people are just bolting out of the restaurant immediately to go back to their rooms or whatever and start reporting on it like, did you stay that you stayed there, right? You were there the day after. Do you start talking to people and you get kind of react any reaction from what the thought was when when they found out about the Kawhi deal? And I guess what what Lakers fans and Lakers media, what their reaction was to everything? Everyone was a bit disappointed. And but you know how probably most basketball fans are. It's like, you know, you're going to vent and you're going to be angry and disappointed. But then it's like, OK, what's next? You know, the the conversation just moved to what's next. What are we who are we going to sign? How are we going to fill out the roster? And then you start seeing all that start to take shape. So then immediately the attention's kind of going toward uh the the next scenario, which, you know, obviously, like I said, I wanted to have more of a superstar on the team, but um, as that third superstar with your free agency money, but the other another way to go was with depth. And so that's what they did. All right. Now, let me just be honest with you. And you know this. If Kawhi goes to the Lakers, everybody hates the Lakers. They're the enemy. It's the it's the team that everybody uh, kind of hates anyway around the NBA, but uh-huh. you know, from, Stephen, just from like from the standpoint of an NBA fan, can you see the frustration that if he goes to the Lakers, it's not just that the Lakers became all of a sudden become like this uh, power team, the, the powerhouse of the NBA. They've got their their big three, these three dominant players. You, you might even be able to say that you got maybe five of the or three of the best five or three of the best six or seven players in the NBA all on one team. But I think the frustration, if you're looking around uh, the league, is that the Lakers didn't earn any of this. I mean, LeBron, you know, apparently likes Cleveland and he likes beaches. And so this time he picked a beach that was in L.A. And that's why he was there. He didn't didn't seem like he went there because he was like necessarily thrilled with any of the other things. He wasn't thrilled with obviously with with the supporting cast because he was quick to throw them under the bus midway through last year. And then. 
you know, you, you got Anthony Davis because, you know, Rich Paul and, and LeBron basically, you know, powerhouse or, you know, power drive him over to, to, to the Lakers. So it wasn't like, uh, the Pelicans had a lot of choice as to what to do with Anthony Davis. They were kind of caught with, you know, this is their, this was their only choice. The best package that they were going to get was from the Lakers. Cause the Lakers knew that he would stay there. And then you, and then you were to get Kawhi drop, drop in into your lap because, you know, he, he wanted to go to LA. You're, it just, it, it felt like there would have been nothing that the Lakers really would have earned. They definitely haven't earned it with the, the, the management over the last few years. So I, I can definitely understand the sentiment. I mean, obviously, people were annoyed originally when LeBron um, teamed up in Miami with that super trio. I think people were even more so annoyed with Durant um, joining a all-time winning team, um, which, you know, so by then when it gets to the to the Lakers and Kawhi, yes, that would probably be one of those, you know, dynasty teams. Um, but certainly the the road had already been paved quite a bit. The Lakers, to their credit, their scouting department's been really, really good. Um, so they did have assets to be able to get into a position of getting out, getting cap space. It helps um, when so you suck for about five years, though, too. It, it does, <laughs> but it helps. It helps when you don't when you don't choke when you've got the pick. So they were able to get D'Angelo Russell, trade him um, to clear up cap space. Brandon Ingram, you know, they didn't whiff on that one. Lonzo Ball, you know, really good defender, still question marks on a few areas of his game, but definitely a player that, um, you know, New Orleans coveted. So you, and then they also did well with Kyle Kuzma late in the draft, Josh Hart late in the draft. Um, So they're, they the scouting department of the Lakers definitely gave them some edges to be able to do some of those things to create that cap space to make that trade happen for sure. What do you think of the surrounding cast? Because I'll be honest, I mean, I love Danny Green. That was a great signing. But, you know, this is again, it's got the fingerprints, fingerprints of, of Rich Paul with the Caldwell Pope kind of weird signing. You know, you got you got Boogie and you got JaVale. So I, I don't necessarily understand that. I feel like LeBron, as he gets older, you want him more and more at the four. I know Anthony Davis likes to be a four. You know, he's kind of, you know, Tim Duncan, but Tim Duncan was doing this like 10 years ago when the league was different. And it feels like Anthony Davis should be more of a five. Um, yeah, you would have needed a JaVale McGee or maybe a Boogie Cousins as a backup or, or depth or something like that in the middle. But where I just don't understand the Lakers is there's not a lot of guys besides LeBron James that can ball create. And, and, and that's where I think they're going to have a lot of trouble once they get into the playoffs. Cause when LeBron goes out yeah. of the game, where do they go? And, and I'm sorry, Rondo is, is awful. He's washed up. Yeah. No, Rondo's not good. Uh, he can definitely, you know, they do have chemistry between Rondo and um, AD and DeMarcus from their days playing together. You do have a front court with Lakers that in all three of those um, guys with LeBron uh, included, you do have the front court that's just can create a lot of offense. It's certainly one of the weak spots, I think, on the team and you know, they still have a roster spot left, so I think they're going to look to try and do something about that at some point in the season, you know, as, as far as the KCP signing, I still think that is one of those, yeah, those clutch things where we're 
paying um, kind of a fee for making some of this stuff happen. You know, LeBron um, and AD and, you know, Caldwell Pope, he had a really good contract offer from Detroit that he passed down. So I have a feeling we're kind of paying for that. So that's why you're going <laughs> to get some of these weird um, higher numbers maybe than you'd expect for him. Uh, but I think, you know, they put they put shooting around around their stars, and that's huge. When it gets down to the end of the game, you know, you're going to have LeBron and AD, two-man game. All games, it seems to come down to the two-man game and shooting when it comes down to the final few minutes. Uh, so th- they should be really good at that aspect of it. Yes, they've got – you're talking about, you know, LeBron playing the four, AD playing the five, I think – They'll do that in closing. I don't think LeBron LeBron wants to play the three. AD wants to play the four. I don't think they want to get beat up during the season. So that's why you've got McGee and you've got DeMarcus there kind of keeping LeBron and AD at the three and four for, you know, a good chunk of the minutes and doing some heavy lifting there. But then when, you know, it comes down to um, closing time, I I think you definitely slide LeBron up to the four and AD to the five and, and roll with that. I just don't see this team as being very good defensively, especially on the perimeter. I mean, how do they handle that? You know, AD is a great anchor back there. Um, You've got Danny Green, excellent 3 and D, you know, player, uh, really good defender. We're hoping Avery Bradley um, can return to form. Apparently lost a lot of weight, so hopefully he'll be a good defender. There's a guy that no one talks about too much other than Laker fans, Alex Caruso who's actually a really good defender um, at the point. And he came on kind of strong in the last few weeks of the season, you know, coming up from the, the G League. So he's in the mix too. So I know they've got some defenders and they've got some anchors. Um, I definitely think, you know, they'll be able to work it out. Yeah, the, I'm looking just at the at the Western Conference and I, I don't see the Lakers getting off to a, a super strong start. And I really feel like the Clippers, even without Paul George, you know, having Kawhi with a team that already won, you know, basically the core of a team that won 50 games last year, around 50 games last year, it, it looks like the the Rockets and the Clippers and maybe the Nuggets, uh, possibly Portland and Utah, I would say Utah more. I, I mean, I, there's, there's a real possibility that the Lakers, you know, they, they might be around the fifth spot. And I think that's, that's, perfectly reasonable for like you said like there's some teams with continuity that are going to get off to a better start but it, then when it comes down to the playoffs um you know it can be a whole different ball game than if once they got their act together so i uh, fifth i could definitely see that um you know with those other teams getting off to a great start and again like i said it's going to come down to health probably health and continuity i think it's going to be weird because you, you've got golden state who should still be around you've got denver portland uh, Houston, Utah, the Lakers. Uh, you got a couple of those teams. They're going to lose in the first round. A couple of teams that I think have a big expectation that we we can make a run to the Western Conference Finals or the Finals are going to lose in the first round. Yeah, man. You if, if you catch the wrong matchup, ouch. What's the other team? Do you think that's that's in the playoffs? Because I mean, if you look at it. Like I said, it, it's the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Blazers, that's three, the Rockets, the Jazz, uh, and the Lakers, that's six. Don't forget the Clippers. And the, and, the, the, uh, the Clippers, of course, is that's so that, there's seven teams. And to me, the only real battle is maybe in the eighth spot. And, you, you know, you have the Spurs, 
But I'm wondering if, yeah. you know, like a Sacramento can, can possibly sneak in or maybe New Orleans can make it interesting. Yeah. I mean, you got to think the Thunder dropping out with all their changes. Yeah. Spurs, you know, it's hard to go against Pop. And that team was 32-9 and nine at home last year. Um, so they're tough at home. So but it's hard to say they won't make it. But, yeah, I think, you know, it's probably Thunder who's really dropping out. Um, Lakers popping in. I don't think the Kings did enough to overcome anything. I don't see anyone else. And there may be, you know, the Mavericks will, will push a little bit for a spot, depending on, I guess, health again over there with Porzingis and all that. What about the summer league experience? Uh, you talked about, you know, just kind of that day. But, you know, if somebody hasn't gone to Vegas for that, like, what can you tell people about what it's like to take in the summer league? And is it getting less of a thing, do you feel like, to, to go to summer league without the first round picks uh, playing a lot? I think that's, that was kind of a huge thing this year in the past they were playing and so you'd go basically you get a ticket and you, you can go all day if you want or you can catch a couple games but you can they've got two stadiums right next to each other and you can walk back and forth and um, you can see a lot of players so you can see a lot of young stars there and if those high draft picks aren't going to be playing um, that's definitely going to be a disappointment and I know um, the guys in charge of the summer league were pretty disappointed about kind of how some of that went down this year and I can't imagine the league uh, is too thrilled either because um, it's it's really become a big event. You go there, it's you know that first Friday or Saturday you're seeing you know some sellouts and full crowds in there um, for the big games. You see all the players showing up. You see G, all the GMs there, you know, and they're walking around in the crowd, and you get you know the crowd buzzing just from from that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely come a big event. But I could see I could see it slipping if you don't get those stars playing. I mean, I've been going to the summer league. Way back when it was in uh, Long Beach, you get these kind of small crowds in there and, you know, sort of the bleachers and that kind of thing. And it was definitely a lot more intimate environment. And this is more of a, you know, bigger stadium sellout thing. But it's still it's still fun. It's all, you know, basketball fans, uh, the diehards, the hardcore fans. More celebs, too, it seems like. More celebs, the big name stars always kind of coming out and supporting their team a bit. You know, certainly when LeBron walked in, you know, the crowd was buzzing and then AD walked in uh, later and sat next to him um, that first night. So it's definitely a fun event. If you haven't ever been and you love basketball, it's definitely something to try. You see any music or entertainment people? Not that I recall this year. I want to swing it back to the Rockets for, for just a bit. I mean, it, you know, it's always been, you know, everybody doesn't like the Lakers. They don't like the Celtics or, you know, Miami Heat because of the big three or Golden State because of Durant and, and what had happened to them. And they'd become the behemoths, the kind of Goliaths. There isn't a, a real Goliath this year. So you tell me, Stephen, are the Rockets now the most hated team in the NBA? Because nobody seems to like James Harden <laughs> or Russell Westbrook. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I know, yeah. No one likes, you know, a, you know, James Harden gets him irked because of all the foul calls he'll get and the whistles. Um, and then I think some people don't like the style of, you know, so much ball dominance. And now you're adding Russell Westbrook in there, who is kind of a guy that, you know, people wouldn't like for a variety of reasons. Yeah, that's a pretty good question. Lakers always be hated. Rockets could be up there. You know, the, the Warriors are probably how could they be underrated but they probably are that's annoying so i'd imagine those three probably irritate people the most yeah it seems like now that durant's gone and, and they're not the goliaths i mean durant was kind of the big part of it because people love steph i mean it's 
you know, that's somebody that I think kids love. I, th- I think fans of the game, fans of basketball, he's a fun guy to watch. You know, he's, he's usually got a smile on his face. He's, he's having fun. Uh, Clay Thompson. I mean, who, who can hate Clay Thompson? I mean, he's, you know, just goes about his work, doesn't say anything, just, you know, all he's is kind of a quiet assassin. Uh, Draymond, you know, uh, that's a guy that's going to always kind of get under people's skin, but Draymond was there and they weren't all that hated when Draymond was there before Durant got there. So, you know, I, I just don't, I don't see them being hated because they're no longer Goliath anymore. And there, there, there isn't really a Goliath. And I don't know about you. I, I like the NBA this way. This is the most fun season that we'll probably have seen in, in years and years because it, it's usually, you know, you, you follow the NBA forever. Like I have, it's usually like three or four teams we know are probably going to win the NBA uh, championship and, and that's it. Unless there's like just a slew of injuries. And now this year, I mean, there, there's probably like eight or 10 teams at least that can say, we, we've got a stake in this. We, we think we've got a shot. Yeah, for sure. I, I was you know, kind of contemplating to myself whether, you know, what if they change the CBA to where you're just allowed like two max guys per team or something like that, two max contracts. Would that help shape it into something like we're seeing, you know, unfold this year? Um, so I, I'm definitely going to be interested just to see how it all plays out. Um, but And it'll also be interesting to see how much everyone is engaged now when then so many teams have got a chance. What do you think about what what Philadelphia has done with giving? They gave they've got three major contracts now, and, and the guys they gave money to are Tobias Harris, that's never really been an all star, I believe. Another you know contract is to Ben Simmons, who you know can't shoot it from more than two feet away from the basket, and then the third one is to Joel Embiid. Is and Embiid, you know, you're lucky if he plays. 60 games and then you hope he can make it through a playoffs without getting hurt. I'm not thrilled if I'm a Sixers fan of this is where we're investing all our money for the next few years. I don't remember. Did you mention Horford in that, that mix? I kind of think that's an underrated signing because I felt like the, I mean the plus or minus when Embiid was off the floor was pretty huge. And I thought the same was the story for Horford in the playoffs when he was off the floor. So now that you got those two guys, maybe able to tag team that'll make things a little bit interesting. I, yeah, I do think um, Tobias is a, you know, that that's kind of not the, the big deal signing you you want on your team, but um, he fit in there. They're probably going to miss um, Jimmy Butler, you know, his two way game, pretty, pretty huge. There was such a big disparity. I think when Joel Embiid was off the floor or when Al Horford was off the floor for their teams. And now that you're able to, um, add those two in there. That'll be kind of interesting to watch. Yeah, I, I do think the Horford signing was really good. I, I would just be concerned because he's an older guy, doesn't have quite yeah. the mileage maybe that um, some of the older players have in the NBA these days because I think he, he might have had a little bit more college. Uh, he, he's not a, a a guy that's been a superstar, so I don't know if he's racked up quite the minutes load that s- some other guys have had, but he is get, coming to that point in his career. It's like, well, when, it, when is the big drop going to happen for him? But they need like the next year or two. It's it's a lot of these teams. It's basically are throwing. <laughs> they're all in on just the next year or two. This is this is yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, and all the contracts the Lakers signed for their cap space were all two year deals. So it's definitely you know it's this next year or two. See what happens, and then you, what do you got? Giannis is a free agent. I don't know who else coming up, but that'll be the the next big battle and reset. You know, I, I yeah, I don't think you know the 76ers that that was probably their 
you know, certainly their plan A, um, but, you know, they might have got their plan B or C out of it, which isn't too bad of a way to come out of the offseason. Certainly not like, you know, the Celtics, uh, although Danny Ainge admits that Kemba was his plan A, um, you know, and apparently losing Horford and Kyrie was all part of that. But they're going to do pretty well. You got Kawhi out of the East. Um, Raptors played well without them, but they're also losing Green off that team. So Kawhi and Green gone. So it's going to be Bucks, Sixers, you know, and maybe the Pacers or someone steps into that mix. But there's, it's not like uh, like this West Coast gauntlet that teams are going to have to run through. Yeah, Bill Simmons will tell you it's uh, maybe addition by subtraction with Kyrie leaving the Celtics and adding Kimball Walker. And, and also, you know, if you're looking at, you know, who's going to come out of the East – it, it would seem like it's the Bucks or Sixers. Who do you like between those two teams? That is a good question. I kind of thought the uh, the Bucks were going to get to the finals last year, um, so I'm going to go with them again, even though they they lost Brogdon, right? But they were playing pretty well without him, so I'm going to say I'm going to say the Bucks. That's that's a close one. Yeah, I mean, I I almost want to see those two teams are so close. I, I kind of want to see if if any of them make any trans transactions at the deadline, and and maybe just see a little bit how. Bledsoe is going to be when the playoffs start because I mean that's the other thing with all these close teams is that who's going to pull off that one transaction or something that just gives them an edge I mean that could be huge yeah definitely last thing I want to get just uh, away from the NBA a little bit yeah the the fans of uh, Houston sports are not gonna like this either because you're you're an Angels fan right (laughs) yeah Angels Dodgers did you uh did you see the Marisnik play and 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 what was your take on that when i'm thinking of the angels i'm thinking of skags and stuff right now the angels have lost two pitchers um last few years to just sudden death so it's just um that's all just been shocking but no i, I didn't see that um no comment so i'm safe <laughs> yeah you, you avoid that well yeah just yeah it's 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 been a a deal where i think astros fans are, are really ticked off because they didn't think Marisnik. I mean, I've, I've watched the play, you know, I've said it on the show, but I've watched it, you know, many times. And I, you know, the, he was doing a dance, trying to, you know, trying to figure out a way to get around Lucroy and, and just, you know, he, 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 he veers one way when Lucroy veers the same way. And I just, I don't understand angels fans just booing Marisnik after like the play happens, Marisnik immediately, like within a millisecond, He's over there checking on Lucroy and he's on a knee and, you know, he looks super concerned after the game. He goes uh, to the locker room supposedly to check on him. Uh, you see immediately he posts on social media that, you know, he, he wishes the best for Lucroy and, and, you know, it was, it was just kind of unfortunate. And I mean, Marisnik has got no record of doing anything. And then the Angels fans are just kind of booing him unmercifully nonstop, even after all of that happened after, you know, the, the major league baseball did suspend him. He's, he's appealing it, but you know, he did get, you know, punished by major league baseball. And then, you know, they, they, uh, the pitcher goes after him in the head. And I just, I, I don't know what you think about that, but I'm just, I'm not a big fan of guys throwing at guys for retaliation. I mean, especially near the head. I mean, as an Astros fan, I saw Dickie Thon's career totally ruined. Could have been one of the great shortstops in in baseball, and his career was over with in in an instant. He was never the same after that. Um, And I just, to me, it's like, what are you accomplishing with it? Like, 
revenge just doesn't do a whole like what what have you accomplished with with any of that it just it makes it makes no sense and you know the league handed out the punishment they they did that and 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 Marisnik was a guy that didn't even deserve any of that because you know he was immediately upset about it and you could tell that he was trying to avoid it but I, I just I don't like that anyway. I don't like okay, you hit my guy, well I'm gonna hit your guy. It's just stupid. Yeah, there's I mean, you got baseball justice, it's always been sort of this thing. You don't wanna yeah, you don't wanna go at someone's head. I mean that's definitely I think, you know, that crosses the line. because um, that's just has bigger ramifications. You know, you you being someone in the the backside, it's probably not that big a deal. But like you're saying, I think on a lot of stuff, it's what's what was the guy's intent to begin with, or or you know, like you said, afterward behavior that shows. I mean, that's to me probably the most important thing is because you can find yourself getting stuck in an awkward position because things happen so fast, um, you know, in any sport. So, you know, it's uh, it's all about intent sometimes. You know, were you trying to you trying to hurt someone? Are you trying to um, go out of your way to do something malicious or was it just quick bang, bang, wrong place, you know, wrong decision, wrong time, which happens in any sport. All right. I'm, I'm going to go back. Cause I did forget one little thing about the NBA, Chris Paul, you interested in him at all as a Laker fan, not interested in that contract. Um, I doubt he gets people talk about buyouts cause they just like, you know, seem like they happen so often, but you don't buy out that contract. I don't, I don't see anyone buying that. I don't see Chris Paul giving up a lot of money. So I, I just don't see how it happens. I don't think they'll, they'll do it. Um, certainly LeBron's, you know, really good friends with him, but just the mechanics of that even taking place, I just can't imagine it. There's, there's no way it can happen salary cap trade wise, right? So the Lakers have a lot of these guys on two-year deals where it's kind of a de facto no-trade clause in the second year just because CBA rules. So they have some of the salary ballast that they would need in order to make that work. You'd have to get probably agreements from multiple players that they want to leave, you know, L.A. for Oklahoma or some other team if it's a three-way or something. But I just – that the mechanics on that just seem so tough. And you'd have to give so up I mean, that's like why, picks. Yeah, that's the one – that's – yeah, I mean – picks which we don't have picks in like the 2200 or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah can we do that i think gms would love to do that but so yeah i mean that's the good thing that you, the rocket fans should be happy about is they were able to trade out of that contract i think you know even though russ has got a bigger contract that's a little bit longer i think i think that's an easily more tradable contract than chris paul's because there's always a team you know that would be like yeah we could build around him um we'll give you this that and something else um, versus Chris Paul, it's like, okay, he's on the downside of his career, injury prone. That's a hard contract to move. Well, if anybody wants to go sneak over and see what's going on with the enemy, it's LakersGround.net. It's the place to to go for many, many Laker fans. Lots of traffic over there. Uh, like I said, that that is the Clutch fans. Uh, for all you Rockets fans, you know Clutch fans. Uh, that That is the fan site to go to, and it's always fun to have – a longtime friend and you know if we weren't doing this on the podcast we'd be doing this on the phone so <laughs> that's right thanks a lot man yep thank you you're listening to houston sports talk don't forget to follow houston sports talk on facebook and twitter subscribe to us on itunes spotify the google podcast app or the stitcher app you can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. 
Thanks for listening. <laughs>